Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. On episode 19, we talked a lot about my Get a Raise calendar, which is the calendar that I swear by, my secret weapon to getting consistent pay raises. And it talks through the specific dates I planned around during my corporate career and what I did on each of those dates to really increase my chances of successfully landing a raise each year. Now, one of the things we touched on when calculating the target number or the way that I calculated my target number was what do you need in order to be comfortable? And in other words, that means to maintain your current standard of living, how do you account for inflation that year and roll that into the target number that you'll be asking your manager for when you ask them for a raise? Now, maybe you're somebody who's thinking that you don't need a raise or you don't need regular raises because you already make plenty of money to cover your expenses and then some, in which case that's amazing. And if that's you, that is the best case scenario to be in. But even for you, I would argue that you should still be seeking a pay increase every single year, at least to keep up with inflation. So that brings us to today's conversation. I want to talk about what the heck is inflation in normal human speak. You know, we hear about inflation all the time on the media when people are raising their prices and they just say it's because inflation. But let's talk about like, what actually is it? I want to talk about what that means for you in your life and what you can do about it. So let's jump in. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. This year is all about self-care, reprioritizing ourselves and our well-being in our own lives and taking back control of our time in order to make space for the things that feel good to us. I hope your financial self-care makes your list, and that's why I'll be hosting a free one-hour wealth workshop. Join me as we walk through three secrets to building lasting wealth, plus the single most important step to cracking the financial code. I could say I'm too busy with other things, or I could make space for this in my schedule. And this year, I'll be doing both. I will prioritize myself as well as my other commitments. I hope you'll do the same by joining me for one hour of financial self-care. Learn more at jessicatoller.com slash free workshop. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. So according to investopedia.com, inflation is a rise in prices, which can be translated to the decline in purchasing power over time. Or in other words, a unit of currency, so let's say a U.S. dollar, effectively buys less than it did in prior periods. 
Okay, that's the official definition of inflation, at least according to Investopedia.com. But let's just break that down and talk about it, you know, again, in normal human speak, like what does that actually mean for you in your life? And before I kind of get to what it means for you in your life, I just want to give you a very simple example first. So as you might know, I'm currently living in El Salvador and right now we're entering mango season. So it's this magical thing where you drive around and there's just mangoes in the street. There's like... 50 different kinds of mangoes in this country. It's crazy. So mangoes are on my mind. So my example is going to be about mangoes. So let's pretend in the smallest country on earth, there is a total of $100 shared among all of its inhabitants. Okay. So in the whole country, there's $100. Now in this pretend country, the only thing that people exchange money for is mangoes. All right. Everything else is just barter. It's I have a skill, you have a skill, you know, I teach you personal finance, you give me bread. There's no money exchange. The only thing that people in this country are exchanging money for is mangoes. So $100 across the whole country, the only thing you can use money for is mangoes, okay? And every year, the country produces about 100 mangoes, all right? This is, again, the pretend country that we're talking about. $100 across the country, they produce 100 mangoes a year. That means $1 can buy you one mango. Now, everyone accepts that these are the rules in which they live in this pretend country until suddenly the powers that be or the people who, in, who are in charge, they decide to print $100 more. They decide, oh, for whatever reason, we're going to print an extra $100. So now there is $200 spread across this country, right? But there are still only 100 mangoes. Now, it may not sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but let's look at what that means for you if you want to go buy your mangoes. So like I said, now there are $200 instead of $100. There are $200 being spread across 100 mangoes, which means that instead of $1 buying you one mango, $1 now only buys you one half of mango. So if you want a full mango, you will now have to pay $2 instead of the $1 you paid before. Now you don't love it, but you accept that those are the new rules. It's only one more dollar. And then you move on until lo and behold, again, the powers that be the people who are in charge, they decide to print more money. They're going to print another hundred dollars. So now there's $300 spread across your country. There's still only a hundred mangoes. That means your $1 now can only buy you one third of a mango. Can you see how this is going to become problematic? Your one mango that you want to buy, it's going to start costing more and more money. Again, because we're talking about a pretend country with such a small amount of money and only one good that they're exchanging for money, it maybe doesn't seem like that big of a deal still. So let's scale out just a bit and look at what this might mean for us in the real world. So what if I told you that effective immediately, your rent or your mortgage payment now only covers the next two weeks. Yes, that is what inflation feels like, okay? So in a nutshell, central banks control how much money is printed, which means that they can essentially create money out of thin air. There's something called the money printer where they, yes, literally print out the money that you carry in your wallet or that you keep in your bank or whatever it is, and they inject it into the economy. So... 
whatever amount of money that you had before. So let's say, let's go back to the pretend country. Let's say you're living in the pretend country. There's $100 total in the country and you have $10. That means you have 10% of the purchasing power. So the moment we add more money, remember how we went from 100 to 200? That means, again, in, in our imaginary country before, if you had $10, at first you had 10% of the purchasing power. But as soon as the banks printed more money and made it $200, that means your 10% of purchasing power went down to 5%. So your money is losing its purchasing power. The same amount of money is going to buy you less things. So again, think of this on the larger scale. I don't know how, I don't, I guess I could look it up, but I don't know what the total amount of dollars in circulation are in say the United States or whatever country you live in. But let's talk about the U.S., I don't know what the total amount is, but I know that I have a certain amount of those dollars. I know that you have a certain amount of those dollars, and that is a percentage. And every single time the bank and the government print more money, the percentage of dollars that you and I hold, it goes down. Okay, and it makes it harder for us to buy the things that we normally buy. It makes us harder to maintain our standard of living month to month, year over year. And that is why I'm saying that it's critically important that you are seeking a raise every year if you work for an employer or investing, which we'll talk about in a minute. So at the very least, like I said, say this year, it's 2023, you have an apartment, a car payment, all of your bills, whatever, Say you're able to cover all of your costs this year. Well, you probably have heard they've been printing a lot of money in the last few years. I think they just, they being the government, I think they just approved another bill to print more money. That means the amount of dollars that you hold, the percentage of the total dollars is going down. And that means you're not going to be able to afford all of the things that you need in the same way you have been able to in the past. You need to basically get a raise at least as big as the current inflation rate. Last I checked, I think we were at 8%, but it it varies, right? So whenever you're asking for your raise, you need to look up what is the current inflation rate and you need to be seeking at least that much in order just to maintain your current standard of living. So, you know, again, that's very, very basic. So if you're making enough to cover all of your expenses, that's incredible because not that many people can say that they're doing that. But even if that's you, you need to be figuring out how to get year over year enough money to at least keep up with inflation. And, you know, I won't get into the politics, but this is why it's so important that from a monetary policy standpoint, we are being very cognizant of who we're voting into office, the different bills and laws that they're passing all throughout the year, all of those things, just being cognizant of just, it's just being aware who's going to keep printing money. Now, with all of that said, Let's talk about something else that you can do to help deal with inflation in your life. So like I said, every time the government's printing money, it's devaluing your money and essentially your life, really, because at the end of the day, if you work for an employer, you're trading time of your life. You go to work every day from nine to five, you know, 50 weeks per year. You are trading days and hours and seconds of your life for money. And every time the government prints more money, it is devaluing that. It is devaluing your literal life energy. It is devaluing that. And it's very serious. And I do think you should be asking for a raise every year, at least as much as the inflation rate. But also, this is another reason why investing is so important. Because when you invest, when you put your money into different assets, 
whether that's the stock market or real estate or crypto, you know, with the idea of that money going somewhere else, you don't have to trade your time for it. You're just putting your money somewhere else where it's going to grow, hopefully faster than the rate of inflation. That's the beauty of it, right? So let's talk about the stock market, for example. So historically, the stock market performs, you know, throughout its throughout its lifetime, it's performing at about 10%. Like I said, the last time I checked, I think inflation was at 7 or 8%. So the stock market is outperforming inflation. So if you will invest in the stock market, of course, diversify, leave your money alone, don't be trying to time the market. Long term, theoretically, you should outperform inflation. So that's one example. Real estate is another one. I mean, you can look at all the different asset classes and just decide, you know, we look at them, Corey and I, and we're like, okay, is this going to outperform inflation? That is a very serious question. It's something that you should be thinking about. The one thing that's becoming more and more difficult is because as an American and a U.S. citizen, our government keeps printing more and more money and inflation is becoming out of control, essentially. We feel fear around investing into things that are backed by the U.S. dollar. So again, I love investing in the stock market. We talk a lot about fiduciaries and getting your money in and having people help you invest. We invest in real estate. All of our real estate investments are still through the U.S. dollar. Even though we're living in El Salvador, their currency here is U.S. dollar, also Bitcoin, which we'll talk about in a second. But all of our real estate investments are U.S. dollar based as well. So, you know, it's something longer term, larger scale you need to be thinking about. And that brings me to investing in deflationary assets. So... There are not many of these, let me just say that. But one of the things that I have been wanting to talk more about on this platform that I think a lot of people are curious about is cryptocurrency. But specifically, I would like to talk about Bitcoin because I don't know enough really about crypto in general to really have an opinion about some of the other cryptocurrencies. But I know enough about Bitcoin that I think I can talk about it at a high level. I think for my audience, the way that I can talk about it is probably enough. And I want to explain why it is a deflationary asset. So I will do an episode. My next episode is going to be about Bitcoin. It's going to be about why I believe in it. I'll tell you the history of it. I'll explain it in a way that I, I hope and believe that you could understand. I'm not going to teach you yet how exactly to use it. It's something that to be honest, I'm still learning how to actually use it, but I'm going to tell you why I believe in it and why I think, for me at least, it is a smart investment. And a big part of that is because the way it's designed is that it is deflationary. It is not inflationary like the US dollar is, for example, which means you can just make more of it whenever you want. And let me be clear, not you and I. You and I can't make more of it. That would be awesome for us, but the government and the banks, they can just print more money. It ultimately ends up benefiting them the most. And it ultimately ends up hurting those of us who are in the working class the most because it's devaluing our time. It's devaluing our purchasing power and it is devaluing our life's energy. Like, can you imagine saving your entire life for your retirement, working your whole life and say you have, you know, you did all your calculations when you were 20, 30 years old and you're like, this is the amount that I need to retire. Let's call it a million dollars say, all right, I need a million dollars to retire. That's going to last me 30 something years. Let's just say that's your number. Okay. And then you get to your retirement age, 65. So fast forward 40 years 
And you suddenly realize that your $1 million isn't actually going to be enough because now everything is so much more expensive. Like that is this, that's, I mean, that's very serious. How are you supposed to plan and make a financial plan when the government and the banks are constantly changing the rules? It's incredibly unfair. And unfortunately, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And that is why I'm so adamant about really making sure you're getting a raise every year, at least asking the question. If you can't get it at your current employer, I encourage you to look elsewhere. Moving employers is a really good way to get a larger salary bump. And I really, really encourage you to invest. I mean, yes, if you, of course, I think you should, if you are a new investor, start investing in things that are backed by the US dollar. They're easier. They're less volatile. You can get your feet wet, start to understand. And then I can't tell you what to do. I cannot tell you how to invest. But for me, once I understood investing, once I understood assets, how to put my money into something, let it grow faster than the rate of inflation, then sort of as a next step, you can start to say, okay, do I want to invest in other things that are maybe not backed by the US dollar, maybe that are deflationary like Bitcoin, for example. So next week, I will do an episode on Bitcoin, my understanding of it, the history of it, how it's deflationary, what that means, why that's beneficial to you, everything you would want to know as someone who is maybe a newbie or a novice when it comes to Bitcoin. You've probably heard of it. Chances are you don't understand. It can be definitely hard to wrap your mind around at first. But I'll tell you this now, since we're on the subject of Bitcoin, I'll mention it next week as well when we do the Bitcoin episode. But if you are interested in just understanding Bitcoin, which is kind of the first step, let me tell you about the documentary that really made the light bulb come on for me. It's on YouTube. It's called The Rise and Rise of Bitcoin. It's easy to watch. It's made like a movie. It's like almost, it seems almost fictional. Like it's, it's really well done. And for me, as soon as I watched that, I was like, I get it. I believe in this. I don't see a future where this is not something that that's used. And now here we are in El Salvador, the first country in the world to legalize or to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender, which is pretty incredible. So again, inflation is this awful, like sneaky thing that is just stealing your life energy day in and day out. And it kind of comes back, or it doesn't kind of come back. It does come back to the banks printing more money, devaluing your time, your life's work, and your energy. But remember, you really have to focus on what's within your control. I always come back to this. Yeah, that sucks. I hate that we're in a system that puts us in these positions. But here's the good news. There is something you can do about it. So like we talked about, there's there's two things. One, strategically store your money. So look at the current inflation rate. Look at the annual rate of return of wherever you're keeping your money, whether that's your bank account, hint, hint, that's not going to cut it. That is not going to keep up with inflation. So check that out, whether it's your bank account or your investments or whatever, just make sure that wherever you're storing your money, wherever you're keeping your money is returning at a rate that's higher than the current inflation rate. And then number two, get a raise. Again, look at the current inflation rate. Make sure you're asking for a raise that's at least as much as the inflation rate and be sure you're doing it annually. Better yet, do both of them. Store your money strategically, aka invest, and make sure you're getting regular raises. So if you want more information on getting a raise, check out last week's episode, episode 19, jessicatoller.com slash 019. I also did a mini series on getting a raise, episodes five, six, and seven. So you can check those out as well. 
And as far as inflation and trying to invest to get ahead of it, I have tons of resources that can help. I always come back to it's it starts with your budget. Before you can invest, you pretty much have to go through all of your expenses, figure out how much it costs you to live for a month, save three to six months worth of those for an emergency fund. And then after that, you can start investing pretty much right away. And in order to calculate your emergency fund, I always recommend people use my budget calculator. You can get that at jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. So just go through that, list all your monthly expenses out, whatever it costs you to live for a month, take that times three to six, save up that amount. And once you have your emergency fund, I mean, I can't say that like you can go invest in whatever you want. You're going to be totally good. But to me, once I built my emergency fund up, I felt super comfortable investing because I was like, I could lose all the money in my investments and be totally fine for three to six months because I have my emergency fund saved. So I always come back to that. Start with the budget calculator, jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. I will put it in the show notes for you as well. jessicatoller.com slash zero two zero. Check that out. Get your emergency fund in order. Definitely start investing. Come back for my next episode where we're going to talk more about Bitcoin and deflationary assets. And make sure you're asking for that raise every single year because you are worth it. And it's owed to you at the very least in order to keep up with inflation. Take action today to avoid losing more of your purchasing power and your life's energy. The longer you wait, the more you'll have to work and the less you'll get to live. And nobody wants that, right? Thank you for hanging out with me today. I hope this was helpful in terms of understanding inflation and understanding what you can do about it. And until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatoller.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you would, share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.